This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, everyone. Welcome to Asha Torah's Essentials Program. On our daily installment of uh, Practical Spirituality. And today we're going to talk about uh, happiness, joy in general. How to achieve it. And, and first of all, to know that God wants it. God wants you to be happy. <laughs> Some of you are like rolling your eyes going, if he wanted me to be happy, he would have definitely treated me differently. But he really does. God, God really wants you to be happy. And part, but part of your happiness is, is going to come from development of yourself. And most people develop themselves best through intensive experience of life. You've got to go through a lot of life to get to the tools and the wisdom of happiness. Happiness doesn't grow on trees, you know. Like, just look at little kids, you know, how they'll scream and cry for something because they believe it's going to make them happy. Meanwhile, you give them that thing and then they're not happy a little bit later. And so, you know, when we're little, we're all confused about happiness. And when we get older, we get more wisdom and we have more of an opportunity to develop our happiness. Now, first and foremost is God wants you to be happy. Not at the expense of, of the relationship with God, though, because your relationship with God is ultimately the greatest happiness. Your greatest pleasure, your greatest happiness in life will be your relationship with God. And what's the proof of that? The proof of that is if you ever breach your own moral code. You know when you make a mistake, your Yetzirah is saying to do something, and you do it, how do you feel? How do you feel? Terrible. You feel terrible. You feel lousy. So here was something you thought was going to make you happy. And, and many other people, like for example Gentiles, are happy doing it, or at least look like they're happy doing it, and they think it's going to bring them happiness, and okay, whatever. But you do it, and you feel like hell afterwards. You can't peel yourself off the ground with a spatula after such a thing. And so, obviously, what we thought was really important to us, and what was really like, oh, oh I have to do this in order to be happy, it didn't let us be happy at all. It actually took us the other way. It took us down, down quite low. And so happiness remains enigmatic. You know, it's trying to pick up, it's like trying to pick up mercury with a fork. It, it doesn't, it, it's, it's difficult. Happiness is, is complicated, it's complex. How many books have been written about happiness? But the one thing we've nailed so far is that your relationship with God is going to be very important in your happiness. If not for anything other than simply... Not for anything other than simply, so you're not, you're not kicking yourself for, for doing stupid things. I mean, that, that's like the, the bottom line, is that you're, you're not kicking yourself. So the stuff that makes you think will make you happy, but takes you further from God, which makes you love yourself less, hold yourself in lower esteem, you know, you lose your self, your self-worth in the process of doing things that make you happy. And if someone with low self-worth is thinking they're happy, they're, they're really confused. Because when, when you're in low self-worth, you're the opposite of happy. So we have no choice, really, to, other than to honor our understanding of God's will for us. We have to honor that. That is, that is the, the basis of anything you're going to do in building your own personal happiness. 
the first and foremost is to make sure you're not breaching your relationship with your maker. And he'll let you. I mean, God will let you do it. God, I mean, all of us have done that. You know, raise your hand if you ever wanted something badly. Anyone ever wanted something badly? Okay. And raise your hands if you got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Same people. And you, only if you put your hand down, you thought of the wrong thing because there's other things you wanted bad. You did get it. And it's very rare. Keep your hands up. Raise your hand if you also wanted something badly and you got it. And it probably wasn't the best thing you should. I mean, you probably shouldn't have been doing it. Okay? <laughs> the same people. And you see, God lets you get that. God lets you go there. What's up, guys? Um, table for two right here, if you want. One table for two. in the front row. Sorry about all the banging around. I was telling everyone else, actually. The banging around was for you. Get your feet in. Where were we? So we see that God's super patient with us. That you can even want stuff that you shouldn't have, and you'll get it. So God, obviously, we don't understand God very well. I mean, why would God let anyone get something they shouldn't have? I wonder, as parents, are we supposed to let our kids get things they shouldn't have? God does it. Are we, is, I mean, is God that much more mature than we are that He can like handle it? Can you imagine letting your kid have something that they shouldn't have? God does it to everybody. We, everyone, those many people had their hands up that they had wanted something they shouldn't have had, and God let them get it. You know what I'm talking about? By the way, you know why God does that? You know why God does that? The reason God does that is He, he does apparently. It was rhetorical. That was a rhetorical question. Um, the re, rhetorical means to, like I, I wasn't waiting for an answer. Why that could all Okay, please. Maybe uh, God uh, likes us through the experience, mm-hmm. and He loves us so much that He respects even things which are bad for us. I like your answer. Yeah, yeah for sure. God's. I like the way He says it. We're like plants. God's growing us. <laughs> That's very nice. Yes, God is growing us. God is a grower, and He, and you know what? When you wanted that thing that you shouldn't have had, that's where you were at. And it's really hard to water a plant that's not where you're, it's at. Meaning, if there's a plant growing here, you can't water it over there. This is where you got. This is where it needs its water. So God watered our our mistaken will. Our, we had a will for the wrong thing, and God watered it where it was. Watered the tree where it was, and we grew from it. We're all, we're all growing. But I think that's beyond parents. <laughs> I don't think parents. Can, I don't think parents can do that. And I think that's reserved for God. Now, um, that's the beginning of happiness. The next is, the next is, uh, uh, happiness maintenance. I'm not sure how to spell maintenance. Is that how you spell maintenance? Yeah? How does that look? It's a weird-looking word when you look at it. So the, so the other thing, can you slide over a chair, please? 
So the, the other thing is maintenance. And maintenance means that you have built into your life every day. Built in is the stuff that makes you happy. You have to have happiness built into your day. So you figure out what makes you happy, and you make sure you're doing that every day. Is that clear? So what makes, what makes you happy is going to be different for each person, but don't skip it. There's a lot of us who love to self-punish, self-inflict. You know, we're, we're, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with, with waiting a bit and a little anticipation, but there's some people just don't give themselves what makes them happy. So, like, I have a few things that make me happy. If, if you don't mind my sharing, just so, uh, just give an example. Um, one thing that makes that makes me happy is I like to have a hot mikvah every day, and that's that's a non-negotiable. My day didn't get started until I get in that hot water. Yeah, that's that's a given. I'm doing a hot mikvah every day. Another thing that makes me happy is to talk to God. So if I'm doing kind of a quick prayer service, which I had today because I had a doctor's appointment I had to show up at, and, uh, and so there was no time for any serious prayer. But uh, in the absence of serious prayer, I, I kind of sectioned off a minute where I was like, this minute's gonna be fully connected. Like I'm gonna connect for this whole minute. And another thing I do is, um, especially on a day, this is, and you should try this too. If you're having a day where you're not so happy, which is my day today, is do extra things for your happiness. Which most people do the opposite. When you're not having such a happy day, you probably go the opposite. You actually sabotage your day more. But, I, but if you're having a not so happy day, you have to do more. So what did I do today? I, um, I did yoga, for example. Like this was definitely not a yoga day. You know, this is a perfect day to skip yoga. And, but I did not allow myself to skip that yoga. I needed to get certain endorphins going. I did a bunch of sit-ups and uh, worked on a lot of core muscles today. I didn't want to do any of that. I haven't actually wanted to really get out of bed today. But I've been very careful that I also was really careful to eat in a really sensitive way. So, so far I've had an apple. I've had a banana, and I feel like I had something else. I think I had a few cups of water. So <laughs> it's now 3.30 in my day, and I've been up since 7-something. But I'm, I'm taking it really light and really careful, not making my... I mean, I'm already low energy enough. I don't need my digestion kicking into gear now, digesting some heavy breakfast or heavy lunch. It's going to take what little energy I got out of bed with. I'm, I'm not available. I, my body is not available for a major digestion, you know, of some big meal. I'm, I'm just holding on to the energy I got from, you know, having a more or less lousy day. So you get what I'm saying about all this? What I'm saying right now is maintenance, or maybe I'd call it vigilance. Vigilance for your well-being. You know, to make sure you're maintaining well-being. Yeah. There's also a lot of commitment in there because you're making sure that on a low day you're staying committed to the things that you would otherwise drop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about wanting to cancel your whole schedule. Today was definitely a cancel your schedule day. 
And that is, uh, I like that. So another thing is, is when you're in, you're in. And I'd like to talk about that for a moment since we're on commitment, is that we, we set up our lives. I hope you guys aren't too hot. Are you guys okay in here? Everyone fine? Yeah? Let me know if it's too stuffy or too hot and I'll, I'll air it out. But I just, I'm, I'm a high fidelity freak. And the second we get side noise, I, for me it's like fingernails on a chalkboard. So just let me know if you're, if you're getting warm, we'll put the fan on low. Um, someone remind me what I was talking about. Oh, commitment. Is that we build, unconsciously, we build little exit doors on our lives. You have little exit doors on your life. Like, think about your relationship with your parents. How many different types of conversation with your parents do you have little segues to hang up? Meaning to end the conversation. How many little segues? They're built into the culture of the relationship. But how many little hang-up, exit signs are there in the way you relate to your parents? You'll see you have ways of exiting, a little kind of way out. And you do that with your relationships. We have, uh, we have these little exit signs on relationships. There's also how many of you had, ma- had made sure that the work you had had a way for you to get out, e- meaning you took a job, but it was easy to get out. Any of you tried that? Uh, taking a job where it's easy, easy out? Little exit signs here and there. The, what are, what's another example of uh, exit signs in our lives? How many of us have signed up for a learning program even this year that you're supposed to be in right now? What's that? Jim, yeah. But how many of us are in a learning program where we, we said we're coming to whatever yeshiva or seminary, whatever it is, and they have ways, they have a program. But from day one, we set up the culture with the with the management that we're going to be doing this our way. <laughs> you understand? We're we're going to be doing this our way. And so, there's nothing they can do. You set up the relationship. And so you created your little exits, which may be great. It might be fine for you, but it prevents growth. Now, you could be in a situation where there is no growth, and now you're coming to Asia and you're getting your growth, which is, which is great. Steve Q's slide, everyone. Oh, wow, look at all these Jews. Who let the Jews out? Um, can you bring in the boys? Can you be chivalrous and bring a couple of chairs for the ladies? And, uh, Arthur, grab a couple of seats. Who's jacking it up? You can just hang it on a chair or something. How's it going, ladies? Welcome. Welcome to our class. Do you have a seminar in April? Seminar in April? In New York. Do you have anything in Israel? New Yorkers here? New Yorkers? New Jersey's? Jersey! Um, Staten Island. Oh, yeah, we discussed Staten Island. 
Anyway, I, I do have seminars coming up. Uh, obviously, I've been pounding you guys with my marketing next week's seminar. So next week, uh, this is probably the only guy I haven't marketed my seminar to, but next week I'm running a seminar. Here, you get a flyer. The introductions tonight. Welcome to come. And uh, But uh, men's and women's seminars are coming to Brooklyn and Muncie in April. And I've got a... I've got a... I'm pretty sure I'm doing two four seminars in two weeks, which is insane, because each seminar is 30 hours. So, meaning the first week I'm doing 60, and the next week I'm doing 60. And maybe I'm totally crazy. Um, since you're so close to the AC, do you mind turning the fan on low? You'll see there's a little fan button. Just click it so it'll go, just one click's all it needs. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Jerusalem, I guess, uh, what's after April? May. May. I think May. I never got so good with the English months. What really confuses me is October and November. Which one's first? <laughs> and is there anything similar about those two words that has confused me since I'm a little kid? Anyway, but let me just take a stab at it. October's before November. Yes. Wait, I have a way of remembering this. Uh, no, that would be bad. Uh, o is after N, right? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's got a hint for me for October and November, that'd be great. Oct, oct is eight. <laughs> I hope. Um, by the way, if any of you think I'm totally crazy for not knowing what's after April or whether October or November is first, is um, you should know that that God gave me a very strong right brain, and it was at the expense of my left brain. I'm lucky I go home to my own house at night. I mean, how many times have I run into a home saying, honey, I'm home? And they're calling the police. <laughs> uh, how, yeah, how many times? Not very many. <laughs> I got my front door wired. I'm, I get the, I get it right every time. There's a little bullseye on my front door. <laughs> With a picture of me right in the middle. Daddy, you're home. <laughs> anyway. It is a blessing, though. It only costs me about $3,000 a month to keep someone always on my case. So I, I actually pay someone several thousand dollars a month just to make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. And it's the greatest thing I ever did. Really the greatest thing I ever did. It's, uh, and not, not only am I feeding my family, I'm feeding you know, her family as well. So I feed my family. I feed her family. And she's got a job, and it's a big one. And I got a job, and it's a big one. And she's kind of my left brain, and it's, it's worked out wonderfully so far. Yeah. And uh, I suggest that to everyone. I know I've done this a million times, but anyone who's right-brained, um, who's cr one of those creative types, is for, like as soon as you can, just take a bank loan and hire somebody. And it will pay for itself so quick you have no idea. You will be making beaucoup de lorries, which is French for a lot of money. Yeah. 
and make a lot of money. <laughs> Is that Boku Dolores? <laughs> French and Spanish. Boku Dolores. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> and the beauty is you feeding two families the price of one and also it's really nice if you're a, if you are a um, I'll tell you another way to make a lot of money if you're a if you are a uh, logistics person if you got that structure brain so what you do is find the most creative coolest person you ever met cool for you meaning not cool meaning you think that person's really great and you really love what they got through say and you're a very structure brain so what you do is you, you just get in there and just start managing them. And they'll be like, why are you doing all this for me? And you're like, you'll see. And after a while, when you got them all set up, and they're like, I can't believe what's going on in my life. Like, I've had a full life transformation ever since you started managing all my stuff. And then at that point, you hand them the bill. It's a future bill, meaning you say, you want to keep going? This is what it's going to cost. They'll keep going. They're good gone. But you'll meet, any of you are logistics people, you will meet so many amazing creative people who are, whose creativity is just scattering into the air. It just goes nowhere. And all you do is just come in and sweep it up. You know, just, just come in and bring in a dustpan and a broom and get their lives in order. And they'll, believe me, they, you're going to have one killer job. Here's a spot for you right here. Please. Yeah, I don't know whose hand was first. Yes. Stefan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the first sentence you said in the lesson, uh, lesson today was uh, happiness does not grow on trees. That happiness what? Does not grow on trees. <laughs> maybe it's not true. Or to say it in a more funny way, maybe you're smoking in the rings or not drinking enough alcohol. I think they are, from the food meditation, they are growing um, amazing things on trees. <laughs> and if you eat not for less, not for less, and not too much, so that it destroys you, it is an amazing life. Wow. So far, I've called on you twice, both times reluctantly, and, and, uh, and both times we've scored big. That's like two. He's two for two. Yeah, that's right. The whole uh, left brain pairing up with the right brain type of person, are there, are there people who are in the middle? No, yeah, of course. Can they roll solo? Yeah. Okay, cool. For sure. For sure. But they're generally managers, so uh -huh. they generally don't roll solo. They generally have people working for them. Working for them, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's get back to, we were talking about little mini exits in your life. I never give you the advice. The advice is get rid of your exits. Get rid of your exits. Just stop exiting conversations when you're on the phone with your mother. Stop exiting conversations when you're on the phone with your father. When you go join a program, join the program. Be there. Everywhere. Wherever they go. You know, they're going on a, your school's going on a teal to the north of Israel. And you're like, I'm going to go, go to Aish. You know? I, I can't sit with those girls another minute. You know? I can't take it. You know, it's like a, it's like a, a hormone frenzy. I'm not hanging around that girls' school any more than I have to. And, and of course, you just took another exit. And that's another exit. And then another exit. And, and when you commit to a job, 
tell the employer your minimum time you're staying. Meaning, he's hiring you, he's, he's expecting you at least because he got all trained, he's definitely expecting you for a year. So tell him you're giving him the year. Tell him you're giving him two years, whatever, whatever you want to give him. But that he can count on you. That he can count on you. You know, all those people who exit jobs, you know, later down the road, people are like, so tell me, what did you do in 2020? And you're like, can we not discuss it? Because <laughs> what happened? You got trained up for a job, you were doing a great job, and then someone paid you more to go do the same job with better hours, and you went and jumped out, you jumped ship. You jumped ship and destroyed your resume. And now that you're going for big jobs, like bigger money jobs, you have a gaping hole in your resume. So was it worth it? You gotta get rid of your exits. You gotta get rid of your exits if you're gonna have a, a powerful life. Get rid of all those exits. Those exits are your way out. And one sec, it's enough, it's enough getting out. You know, you gotta get in, in, in. The more in the better. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, uh, Liam? Yeah. You were with You're me really yesterday. I'm really good at names, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of disagree at the same time. I agree that like when you're committed, you should commit. But at the same time, there's no exit to save your life. I had a job and the boss was horrible. If I didn't have that exit where I could have jumped ship, I wouldn't have quit and I wouldn't become 12 what I did after, a sub and all that. And it was the best decision of my life. Quitting yeah, some, sometimes exits are the way out and we should use them. And uh, how do you know? How do you know when to get out? The answer is unless you have killer intuition. Some people have great intuition. Most people can't trust their intuition when it comes to getting out, because what happens is there's something right before your intuition, and that's called the fear factor. Meaning something's coming up in my fear, and so I'm getting out. And so, one sec, I'm with you, I'm totally with you on this. Let me go a little bit. So the fear factor hits, and then you get out, so you never really, there's no intuition when it comes to fear. You know what I'm talking about? When you're having fear, how's your intuition doing when there's fear? Talk about zero intuition. Now, I'm warning all you men and all you ladies, listen carefully, I'm warning you men and you ladies that don't run some racket saying your intuition says X, Y, and Z when it's fear. Stop running that racket of going off your intuition when it really was a fear thing. There's no intuition with fear. When fear hits, your intuition's out. And therefore, when your fear hits and you've lost your intuition, which you got to put up that white flag. Intuition? intuition is like the instincts that, like for example, you had you have good instincts, by the way. I, I know your instincts, seriously. So, and I met you for probably thirty seconds yesterday. You got killer instincts. So, there there are, there are people with some people just have it, you know. And uh, and can I share what happened? because it might help out the situation. So, I know she has killer instincts. First of all, I am great at names. <laughs> they had the court case. And the way he survived was what we did for him. Uh, a family of 10 getting evicted. Family 10, like literally getting thrown in the streets. So, I, I personally paid his electric phone. You know, I got him a phone. Um, and then I went and transferred 12,500 shekels, $3,700, into a very specific 12,500 shekels disappear out of my account. She thought someone had uh, hacked my bank account because my bank account was only a little in the plus and went deep into the minus. And she was like, 
someone hacked your account. <laughs> I, would, I couldn't admit to her what I'd done. And so I said to her, I said, listen, I'm going to figure this out. But until I figure it out, there's a court case tomorrow morning. This family's not getting evicted. And Baruch Hashem. So they got an extension because the bank said, we're evicting him. He has no job. He has nothing. He, the reason he has no job is because he just, he just got killed by his partner. And, and so the, uh, he's going to have a job, and we're going to get him on his feet. You hear me? Everyone hear me? I'm getting this guy on his feet. I have meetings already set up next week, major business people next week to get him there. And uh, anyway, the bank, the bank, he couldn't get the courts to agree. The court said, you have a two-month extension. Show me you paid your mortgage for the next two months. That's good. I, I wanted more. I wanted them to close it and keep, let him keep his house. Okay, two-month extension. He'll cover. Shim will send it. Now, um, anyway, but if anyone, if anyone would like to lighten my load, feel free to be part of this little effort to keep a family in their home. Oh, not to mention the fact you're not allowed to come over for Shabbos tomorrow night, everybody. But uh, but we uh, we're cooking for four families, and uh, his family's eating with us, and we're cooking for two other families that are anonymous, poor families, big families. So my wife's actually cooking for our family, just and then three others. So, but I prefer no one stops by tomorrow night of those who stop by, just because to keep it anonymous, who's who's. Uh, you know, this guy is, okay? Now, um, exits is, is that when you're got it, when you want to exit, you always speak to a mentor. That's all I want to say. <laughs> That's, I just want to say, you need a mentor. You need to speak it over with someone who does have intuition. They're not dealing, it's not their fear factor, it's your fear factor. So when you want to get out of something, you always speak to a mentor. Every decision needs fresh eyes. Okay? Every decision, big decisions in your life, need fresh eyes. You know the term fresh eyes? It's got to be looked at with some fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Okay, I, I got a meeting tonight, fresh eyes. And this guy's saying, why, am I, why are you bringing me here? You know, business consultant. Why, what are we doing? And he called me today. He says he wants to prepare himself. And I said, I can't tell you much. I just can tell you, I need fresh eyes looking at a situation. He says, okay, see it's up. Coming with his fresh eyes, so so you you whenever you're going to make a move, especially a move out of something you said you were going to be doing, you need fresh eyes, and force yourself go on that trip up north with all those girls. If your guys don't go on the trip with all those girls, but if your guys go on the trip with your yeshiva, be part of it. Stop rolling your eyes, because don't we often go places and we're not there? I mean, we're there but we're not. How many of us have been checking out all over the place even when we're still there? We check out. How many people are checked out of their marriage even though they're out to dinner with their spouse? How many people are checked out of their parenting? Exits. Exits. Watch out for those exits. Stay in. When you stay in, you grow. Now, you might say you could explode if you're always staying in and not getting your exits. If you're always committed. So what's the next answer? We go right back up here. What's that? Maintenance. If you're feeling over the top with your commitments and you're getting run down and it's pushing you so hard and you're just always in, 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 in. You're not getting out, 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 out. It's time for a hot bath. I spoke about hot mikvahs earlier. You need a hot bath. 
and you may need a yoga session or it might be time for a massage. Go get you go, you know, get a full body massage. If you can't afford one, you know, ask someone in your yeshiva or seminary to give you a massage. <laughs> um, you got to treat yourself to, to something. If you're, but don't get out. Stay in, and take good care of yourself when you're feeling run down. Yeah, yeah. Two things. First, thank you for saying the story, but you missed one factor. Oh, please. Nicer money, so it wasn't like, you know. <laughs> um, the second thing. Still, you, it's up to you where you put your meister. 100%, but, you know. Meister, for those who don't know, is your 10% of your, the money you get is for, uh, you have to give away, 10%. Yeah. Um, the second thing, but the new eyes, so... Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Um, I think the Shita is, like... By the way, wait, wait, what a great person. name for a consulting firm. <laughs> for a business consulting firm. Fresh eyes. Okay. Fresh eyes. wonder if it's out there already. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? Fresh eyes, that... I don't even have my phone. Uh... Can you check out? Oh, you're recording? It'll still record, actually. Uh, someone check it out. I, by the way, I get to have it because it was my idea. Um, you have one week to grab it. Okay. Is there an issue with Sebastian um, Hart? Do you have to go to a professional or can you go to a friend who can actually help you? Uh, is there? Oh, Lushan Hara. Like, for example, your lousy boss. Your lousy boss. No way. It's a consulting firm. Fresh wow. eyes. Okay, when somebody lives. Yeah. That's part of being right brain, by the way. You get, you, you get these things. Yeah. But I'm pretty much asking if does it have to be um, a rabbi or something like that, or can it just be anyone who can help you? Um, oh, yeah, it doesn't have to be a rabbi. Anyone, anyone with a little wisdom can help. Um, I suggest. Oh, if they know who you're talking about, go to someone else. She says, like, leave your town. Make a phone call. No, I'm saying, it's like, it has to be that they don't know who you're talking about. Preferably. It's much more, there'll be more blessing in it if they don't know who you're talking about. Well, yes and no, because usually when people say their side of the story, if they know you and not the other person, they tend to go towards you, but if you yeah. know both sides and both people, they can make a fair... Yeah, you'll have to call that shot. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay, everybody, happiness. So what I'm going to do now is, unless someone wants to stop me, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share with you the five categories. The five categories of living a happy life. Got it? Five categories of living a happy life. And here they go. I rarely ever do this because it's one of the most popular classes in all of Asia Torah. And so it might be redundant. Anyone here ever learn the five levels of, uh, of pleasure? Okay, a few of you. But they, uh, you never heard me say it. I start from the top. No, I'll start from the bottom. We'll see. Anyway, I'll just nail them out real quick. So, the uh, we're going to do them quite fast, but the, the lowest level is physical pleasure. 
Okay, the lowest level is physical pleasure, and the level above that is love, and the level above that is having a cause, something that makes life meaningful to you, and the level above that is is uh, making a difference. most on most of the time is uh, is to um, is to be connected to God okay now I'm gonna go through them quick but we're gonna focus mostly up here this is the one everyone skips uh, you I don't know if you guys have heard the, the five levels of pleasure shared but usually they, they give this one when there's like five minutes left in the class and this is the one that's like massive so that's what we're gonna focus um, physical pleasure, obviously, is, is a pleasure. Um, love is uh, having someone hold your heart. One of the greatest pleasures of life is to have another human being hold your heart. Now, if anyone ever held your heart and squeezed the blood out of it, put your heart through a, uh, put your heart through a egg slicer and then lifted it and turned it and put it through the other direction, that's, that's like multiple breakups. So, anyway, the, uh, anyone who's had a broken heart probably doesn't give much of their heart anymore. And so, you've got to give all your heart. You've got to get a little more adult about relationships. And what happens is when the heart's been hurt, we lose our adult maturity in our relationships. And you find yourself constantly protecting yourself, even though this person is displaying, displaying over and over again their trust. They're showing you that they can be trusted. They keep showing you that, but it doesn't seem to make a difference. And so meaning you're not even an adult anymore. You're, you're like, you're not in reality. You're, you've gone into some weird insanity of protecting yourself from nothing, which is called basically insane because you're believing in things that don't exist. And, uh, uh, but there's one thing I will warn, uh, especially the women in the room, just because men are... are kind of have this hunting attitude when it comes to females is uh, is you never give your heart and I'll even add your touch not your heart nor your body you don't give your heart or your body to anybody anybody meaning a man unless you have an insurance policy on your ring finger and your heart has to come with insurance and your body too because if you even let them near your body Men are notorious for renting. <laughs> They're notorious for renting. And you don't need to be nobody's rental. So you're, and they will rent. And so you, you until you get that insurance policy on your finger, no one touches the merchandise. And, and also the heart. You don't give your heart to somebody who didn't guarantee your heart's going to be safe for the rest of your life. So no heart. You can give a little heart, you can smile nicely, you know, be polite, you know, but other than just being polite to people of the opposite gender, uh, don't give any more than polite. Just be polite. I'd like to ask a question. Please. So, so I basically, like, I wish you resonate with what you're saying and, you know, agree with 
say to them yeah. I would say to them that it's that that it's clear it would be clear obviously we'd be talking to a couple who were together many years let's say that they have a track record that they have a good track record and that her heart looks safe to me and um, Judaism just takes it we we don't Judaism doesn't trust men Judaism requires that women have this document to protect them and the ring and the ketubah and you know and that, that I would say to the couple I say you may be the anomaly you may be the first trustworthy guy in the world just kidding you may be of the trustworthy men you may be that guy we don't risk the daughters of Israel on faith like that we don't trust that and we protect our girls and and therefore you, you know, I would say to even them that they should tie the knot officially and be, go with the real thing. Because there is another thing is that if you push them hard enough, they will break up. If you push the couple with the, both, the couple with the ring and the ketubah, or the couple in Tel Aviv you mentioned, if you push them hard enough, they're going to break up. Meaning if the relationship's messed up enough, they'll break up. Both of them. So, who's going to break up first in a vacuum, obviously, because two couples are two different, totally, couple, to, totally different couples. But in a vacuum, if you had the same exact two couples, who's breaking up first and who's going to work it through more likely? Who's going to break up first and who's going to work it out more likely? The couple who are going to have a big, giant, sticky mess of ketubah and based in and writing a get and having rabbis involved. You think rabbis just write gets? They don't write gets. You find yourself in counseling all of a sudden. And now you're dealing with marriage counseling. And now the marriage counselor is saying, you know, the marriage counselor is looking at the guy and saying, so, what kind of growth is this bringing up for you? Like, where do you got to grow, mister? And he's just like, get out of my face. <laughs> and I, I'd love to, except I'm court appointed here. I promise you, there's not going to be any court appointed anybody for that couple you push them hard enough they're just going to part ways but you never grow that's the point of this class is getting rid of those exit not the point of this class but one of them was getting rid of the exit signs um, you know what guys it's so late I think uh, it's already 8 after and there's a class here that was supposed to start in 2 minutes so everyone who needs the bathroom take your 2 minutes um, anyone who would like to pitch in don't tell me it's Thursday is it Thursday? oh my gosh I just double fundraised Whoever always gives to that family on Thursday, please help that family. And whoever is willing to help the other family stay in their home, please uh, give over some, thank you very much, give over some dough. and uh, let You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.